You're listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast, a weekly podcast with Alexander Schacht and Benjamin Pieske designed to help you reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. Today we're talking exactly about the last part, working long hours. Is it worth it? A really, really nice chat with Ian Radcliffe about that. So stay tuned. And now, the music. Have you already joined the Effective Statistician LinkedIn group? And do you follow me on LinkedIn? If you don't, then head over to LinkedIn and uh, search for the Effective Statistician in the groups and search for my name, Alexander Schacht, on LinkedIn. And then follow me for lots of additional content that I'm now producing on a very, very regular basis for LinkedIn. And there's really some neat stuff that is coming up. So you don't want to miss that. And really, if you're not yet on LinkedIn, that's the only social network that I'm really using um, because it's really professional. It's, you know, not all a lot of these cat videos and these kind of things professional it's inspirational it's informative and you get lots of lots of new content not just for me this podcast is produced in association with psi a community dedicated to leading and promoting the use of statistics within the healthcare industry for the benefit of patients join psi today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to the video-on-demand content library, free registration to all PSI webinars, and much, much more. And by the way, there's also a really nice PSI group on LinkedIn. Visit the PSI website at psiweb.org to learn more about PSI activities and become a PSI member today. Welcome to another episode of the Effective Statistician, and this time I'm talking with Ian Radcliffe from IQVIA. How are you doing? Hi, Alexander. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast. Okay. For those who don't know you already, maybe you can give a little bit of an intro of what you're doing, how you came to uh, your current position at uh, IQVIA. So I graduated in 2012, which seems like a while ago now. But uh, my first role was in uh, post-marketing studies. This was for a company called the Drug Safety Research Unit. I was there for just over a year. And then an opportunity came up at Southampton Clinical Trials Unit. And so that was kind of my, my first experience with clinical trials and, and, and using SAS programming. I spent just over two years at Southampton Clinical Trials Unit, and then I thought I'd make the jump in into the industry side of things, and then and then the opportunity came up at uh, what was Quintiles at the time in 2016, and I'm, I'm still at, we, we now, we're now called IQVIA, and I, I've been here for just coming up to four years. Yeah, and you're also quite active on PSI, aren't you? Yes, that's right. I'm part of the PSI Calc Committee. So I'm, I'm part of the sub-team that organizes the, the Medical Statistics Careers event, which is coming up very soon. I'm, I'm that annoying guy that's been posting in a LinkedIn group to try and get exhibitors to register for the event and also uh, to advertise for the students as well. Yeah, and that happens yearly, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's correct. It's, uh, it's, it's been in Leicester for the last few years now. Okay, awesome. 
Yeah, I'll attend that as well, and I'm really looking forward to that one. Okay, but today we don't want to talk about uh, clinical trials in general and PSI in special. We want to talk a little bit about working long hours and what's the benefit or what's not the benefit of it. What is your experience with working long hours? I'll be honest, it's, it's really minimal. I've, I've, I've always been quite strict with myself on this. Throughout my career, this has been something which I've always uh, kept in mind. It, it, in a way, it, like when I was down in Southampton, it was it was it was something I just had no choice with. I used to do uh, a rowing down at Southampton. This is like a really really big commitment outside of work. It involved training most evenings, sometimes in the mornings. So I kind of like didn't have a choice. So if it got to a certain time, for example, it would get to five o'clock. I just had to stop. I had to start working there. So generally, it's not been not been something I've had to do very often. And I, because I carried that on in, in like my early part of my career, I think it's just something I've kept in mind sort of as I've got more experience as I moved into the industry. I've always kept that kind of mindset uh, in place to ensure that I'm not getting into a habit of working long hours. I, I have quite a kind of a philosophical approach to life. You know, you know, the, like, you know, the standard catchphrase is like, you only live once and, you know, make the, make the most of any free time you have. And I'm, I, I kind of like, I, I, I believe truly in that. And so with all that in mind, it's just something that I don't do very often. I think sometimes you have to do it if there's a big deadline coming up, but even then it should be controlled and it shouldn't be like really, really, really long. Average. Yeah. I think it should be the exception and this heroism that we sometimes celebrate at work. You know, should be absolutely the exception, and we should probably mm -hmm. celebrate much more kind of the people that get the work done in the usual hours, rather than you know the Elon Musk type of mentalities that you are constantly on and you know checking your emails all the time and and things like that. Mm -hmm. I personally had experiences where I was working quite a lot especially in in a period where i was working here from europe a lot of a lot with us and that then led to a lot of evening calls and things like that and that was kind of maybe okay because then i also started quite late so i was sometimes uh going into the morning yeah yeah i think that's extremely important to, to sort of keep in mind When you work for these global companies, it's quite often that you're working with people in different time zones. And sometimes you may need to be flexible to work around that. But then the company should have a policy in place to, to kind of uh, help with that. You know, For example, if you're working with people in the US, if you have a meeting at I don't know, eight in the evening, for that day, you, know, you start at midday. Uh, you know, I just had an example with one of my direct reports just recently He was involved in, in a kickoff meeting. The kickoff meeting was based in, in the US. It began at three in the afternoon UK time and it was going on till nine o'clock in, in, in the evening. So he's like, Ian, oh, oh my God, Ian, I got to work this long day. I got to work till nine. Like, it, it's fine. It's fine. Start at midday. And that's, and that's what we did for that particular exception. So it, 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 there are, there are some times where you just, it's not necessarily working long hours. But just work, changing the schedule somewhat, so just working a, a different schedule rather than working a longer day. Or if you're having an early meeting with Australia and a late meeting with uh, US, maybe mm -hmm. you can have a you know extended break in the middle and 
go for a run or to some other kind of sports that that you know refreshes you for the second half of the day. If I was if I was having a meeting with somebody in Australia, I imagine it would be you know, four o'clock in the morning, perhaps. So if, if there was a break, <laughs> I'd probably just take a nap. For yeah, that example. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, for me, kind of constraints helped a lot with in the past, and these were especially my kids. As I want to be with my kids mm. when they are awake. <laughs> I need to stop at a at a certain time, otherwise I can't yeah. have dinner with them. And for me, right. that is really, really important. And that helped me to manage my time, to have this kind of clear goals, clear goals also outside of work. And and yeah. There's there's certainly a lot of good points there in that. The things there's things that happen outside of work which sometimes take a much higher priority than your work in life you, know, you made you made a very good example there of you know your family you, you want to spend time with your family and i think another important point to touch on mm-hmm. here is kind of just looking after your mental health um i think you need that evening to allow yourself to switch off you need to to let your brain rest and recover and do whatever you want to do in the evening, whether that, you know, play sports, go to the gym, watch a movie, watch TV, spend time with your family. It's so, so important that you do that. Because if you spend all day working, let's say you work until 9, 10 o'clock, you get to 10 o'clock and you're like, great, I now need to go to sleep. But because your mind is still so engaged from the work that you've just been yeah. doing, you might struggle to get to sleep. And then you don't sleep. You, it's it's maybe midnight. You still can't sleep. One one a.m., two a.m., and oh, and and then you come in the next day, and and you're really really tired, and then you're not as effective working the next day, and and that's a big problem. And then you put more hours into the day, and it spirals completely out out of control. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's also not so much about you know yeah. the time you spend at work. For me, it's more about what you achieve at work. So I would say, you know, when you're at work, really concentrate and be effective and focused. And I think you can only have this focus as kind of for a certain period of time. And then there is maybe you can do a little bit of these tedious tasks, like maybe doing expenses or something like this, but really getting these important things moving forward, like, you know, writing a protocol or designing a simulation study or working on a new design feature. This is really difficult if you're not fully present. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. I think, yeah, you're, you're, I'm lucky enough that I work for a company that shares these values and they, they much rather have people be in the office nine till five working at full tilt. You know, everyone's working very, very hard, but for that set period of time, because the longer you work, your productivity is inevitably going to reduce if you're working late into the evening. And that becomes really important, you know, especially in the work. I work for CRO. In a CRO, you have a you have a study budget, and you know this this isn't unlimited. And we need to always ensure that the study budget is being used effectively, and we're not wasting hours. And and this 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 whole thing of working long hours comes into this. It's very it's very easy to say, "Oh, I need to finish this. I'm going to work till seven, eight o'clock to make sure." I, yeah, I finish it. I'd much rather somebody finishes at five and then finishes it in the morning the next day because I, be- I bet they'll do it a lot more efficiently if they if they kind of had that evening 
had a sleep next day they come in i completely then, agree and then they finish off that work in the morning if you do it from after five maybe you need two three hours to get it done and if you do it in the morning maybe it's just a third a fraction of the time because then you're refreshed mm -hmm. and you can focus you don't get distracted all the time yeah. so i completely agree how do you stay so focused uh, during the day what helps you with that i think it is having a clear understanding of what is your goals for that specific day if i have multiple to-do lists and then you know you order that priority and then you say okay i'm going to try and achieve this today it's really important to set yourself and also if you're a team leader or even a line manager set yourself but also set your team challenging but realistic goals And then, and then that, you know, yourself and then, and then your team members will be like, okay, oh, well, Ian, Ian's asked me to do all this by the end of the day. Okay, I'm going to try my best to get that done. And I think that helps a lot. Some people can be really self-motivating or unable to do that themselves. Other, other people, perhaps, you, know, you, you need to kind of say, right, I, I would like you to work on this, this, and this, try and do it by the end of the day. That's really difficult to do as a, as a team lead. Because some, it's, it's really challenging to have an understanding of what is achievable in a specific day, but that just comes with experience and practice. But but for me, I, I think it's it's having that awareness of what I would like to do in a given day, but not sort of saying I need to stay later to to do it. If there's a, if there's certain tasks which I know I absolutely need to do today, I obviously do those first, and then I'll have a list of things that oh that would be nice if I did that today. But if I did it tomorrow, that would also be okay too. Yeah, I also have this separation on my to-do list. I have, for each day, I have three really important things that I want to mm. strike off and, and get done. And then I have a list of lots of other things that if I have time, I want to also do. The other thing is I try to schedule these three most important things into my day. So, so either I do it directly in the morning and I have blocked time in my morning for these most important things that I want to do. All these are things like this interview now that I will schedule into my calendar and what mm. gets scheduled gets done. That <laughs> helps a lot. Yeah. yeah. Are there any other tips you have in terms of managing your time? I think it's just a mindset, really. I, I like What I've seen... In, in so many cases before is that people have this idea that if they're working longer hours they feel that that's going to have a, a positive impact on you know maybe like a, a end of year performance review or something like that that's simply not the case certainly in my opinion in fact it has the opposite effect if i see my team or any members of my team consistently working longer hours, that would have a negative impact on any performance review because I'll be saying to them, you're not managing your time very well. Uh, do you need more support? Do you have too much work on? We have a big thing here where, where if, you, if you're spending more time on something you need to, you know, either reduce your workload, you get some help. There's a lot of things to do to ensure that we keep to that, you know, kind of the, the standard working day approach. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, I think it's just a mindset of, don't this is a message really for people who maybe just starting out in their careers that don't automatically say to yourself oh i need to work really long days i want to make a good impression that's going to make a bad impression in my opinion yeah i agree it's also seeking for help 
is, I think, important point to reduce your timeline. You don't need to solve Absolutely. everything yourself. I think it, this is especially a problem for if you're just joining the industry and you have this perception that you need to figure out everything yourself and that you need to do mm -hmm. everything yourself and asking for help would be some kind of sign of weakness. I, I think... Yeah. Everybody can ask for help, whether it's with a peer or a colleague or or even your supervisor. Yeah. So yeah, I think with anyone that comes into our industry, they, they've most likely have got a degree in a mathematical subject, maybe an MSc statistics. So naturally, everyone enjoys solving problems. They, they've done it for most of their education. So when they're met with a problem in the workplace, their automatic reaction will be. I need to solve this myself. One, because like you say, they don't want to ask for help because they're maybe like too proud or they're a bit, a bit worried about how it will look. But the other thing is they actually quite enjoy solving those problems. SAS programming is a, a really good example of this. You, know, you come across something in SAS programming and you're not sure how to do it. People like, people enjoy it. People enjoy solving that problem. But the problem with that is if you spent four hours solving that problem that a more experienced could have solved in 30 minutes, You know, that's, that's a lot of time you've just wasted. Yep. And it's, I think it's important that, that people keep that in mind. Um, we, we, it, it's, it's a balance between that approach, but then not discouraging problem solving. I think it's important to ask for help. Uh, another uh, tip that I always say to my team is, specifically to SAS programming, is if you're trying to solve a problem. If you haven't done it, in, if, you're, if you're looking at it for 30 minutes and you haven't made any progress, that's the time to ask for help. Try not to spend any more than 30 minutes on it. Yep. Yep. Um, another good example, which I, I had so many experiences of this, and it's, it's always funny when it happens. You're, you're coming to five o'clock. You're, you're doing something. Again, I'll use SAS programming as an example. You're programming a, a difficult derivation, the data set. You're, you're seeing that clock ticking close to five o'clock, and, you're, and then you're like, I still can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And then, and then, you, and then you work past five o'clock, and, and you, you're working then until six o'clock to try and solve this problem, and you still can't do it, and your brain is tired, and you, you, and then and you decide to switch off. And okay, right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. And then you come in the next morning. And then you always, nearly always, oh, there may be exceptions, but in my experience, in 10 minutes, you would have solved a problem you would have spent maybe a long time on towards the end of the previous day. And, it, it, and that's just shows an example of, you know, give your, give your brain a rest, have a sleep, come in the next day, and you know, you'll solve that problem um, really, really quickly. Yeah, the other point is in the evenings, I get much easier distracted. So that's maybe, you know, just for me, but... Probably there's lots of people that have times of the day mm -hmm. where they get more tired and, you know, then you're much more prone to pick up your phone or to check Facebook or whatever, yeah, or speak with a colleague and, you know, these kind of things that distract you and that take you out of, of your work. Another important thing for me is to, to manage these distractions and, you know, funnel them and, uh, Yeah, set kind of clear boundaries around the different parts of your work so that you can, you know, kind of itemize it. Okay, I do a, mm -hmm. this thing now for half an hour and then I have a, you know, short break to check Facebook or get a coffee or whatever else. And then, you know, I do, do another chunk of work and that helps you to kind of 
keep focused during the day instead of kind of yeah, constantly being distracted by all kind of different things that are you know physically there or virtually there. I completely agree. One of the important things of keeping your hours to to a reasonable extent is that you prioritize, and that also includes that you say no to projects. Do you have any advice for the listener on, on that regard? Because I think lots of people struggle with saying no at work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree, especially with less experienced. You're, you're new to a company. It's all, you, you want to make a good impression, so you automatically think, I can't say no to the managers. That would look terrible. But it, it is important to do that. It's all about being aware of what you have on at a given time, being aware of your workload and then not taking on too much. If you're aware of your own workload, the next point would be quite easy. You know, be prepared to explain why you cannot take on a new task. So if, if, you're, if you're a line manager or maybe like a resource manager, say, uh, you know, we have this new project. We need some help. Can you do it? You say, Oh, I'm really, really sorry. And then this is the reasons why I can't take on this task. You'll just, you know, you show them a st the status of your current projects. Okay, I got this this project deadline in a few days. I, I'm assigned to these tasks. As long as you have a reason, your managers will be absolutely fine, and then it won't look bad on you at all. Yeah. And the the other thing as well is just be aware of like little catchphrases that managers may use. Things like, "Oh, this this will be easy. It won't take you that long." It's, <laughs> it happens all the time. I had I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. You know, I, I had an example just last week. I, I needed the help with something on my project. I, I said, oh, "Can you please help me with this task? It's easy, it'll be fine. It won't take you very long at all. Especially for somebody of your experience, you'll do it in an hour or so." And that person spent all day doing it. So, you know, it, it happens all the time. But just yeah, just just be aware of little tactics that the manager <laughs> may try and use to try and get you to take on the new work. And it's yeah, it, to be honest, and any any good manager won't 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 kind of force you to do anything, especially if you have very very good reasons. Yeah. But yeah, it, it is it, you need to have a very clear understanding of what you have on at a given time and, and being prepared to explain why you can't take on any new work. Yeah, I think that is important because that also helps the some the manager or the resource manager to give alternatives. Yeah, so, so maybe he says, okay, yeah, what you're currently working on is not as high priority as this one. So you can park mm -hmm. that and work on this other project and that's fine as well. Or he may say, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You're working on the right priorities. Uh, that's okay. But, but never kind of feel pressured to accept something where you know you can't deliver on it. That, that's Absolutely. just messing things up. I think the other point about managing your time is, like you just said, as an example, it usually takes longer than it would than we think. Mm -hmm. I don't know why this is the case. This is, for me, this is a very, very common bias that we accept something because we always think that Everything works out perfectly, but then there is this nasty SaaS problems that we can't figure out, or there's this unexpected details that we stumble over and we don't get it, or there is this, we need to check back with someone and that other person is out of the office, or, you know, there's 100,000 things that can go wrong. Even with the small task where you think it just takes you an hour. So I always recommend to have a little bit of buffer 
in your calendar mm. so that you can accommodate these typical things that come up <laughs> i think that's a really good point and and, and this goes back to maybe a, a different topic on and you know, perhaps if you're if you're planning how long you think you need to do a particular task or you know, work on a particular deliverable that's really important because that's the information you're then given to your resourcing team with the view to not come up, come across these situations where you need more people where, where you, you're, you're getting close to deadline and then resourcing uh, trying to find more people to help you out calculate yourself how long you think something's going to do and then as you say add a pretty substantial buffer to that i when i i've i've always taken a very conservative approach to this uh, if if, if uh, say i know i'm working on a particular deliverable using the, the budget perhaps and, and using the standard timelines the, the result will be 100 hours we think that's going to take 100 hours I'll say to resourcing, I think I need 150 hours. And they'll be like, Ian, 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 why is it 150 hours? And like, that's, you know, I, I want to add on more resource to, to make sure that I have enough. It, it can cause a problem because if every, everyone does that, then there's not enough people. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, it is just something which, you know, if, if, you're, if you're planning a project, it's something to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because then you can go through all things work out perfectly, it's 100 hours, but do you want to plan this way? <laughs> what is you know, no, the, exactly. the, the worst case scenario? Then it's maybe 250 hours. So, and then you, you know, have a discussion as you say, well, yeah, maybe 150 hours is, is, uh, is a reasonable number. And I think this is about managing expectation very much. Yeah. So if you always okay. commit to kind of the best case scenario, then you will always lose out because you will always, you know, have people coming to you after these 100 hours and saying, oh, where's the deliverables? You said 100 hours and now you're just mm -hmm. 80% done. What's up? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you have any practical advice on managing expectations in that regard? I think it's linked to the last question. It's, 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 it's communication with your team leads or your managers if a manager can see that you're aware of your own workload and you do have the ability to say no and you've backed that up with very good reasons, then the manager will have an expectation of, of, of how you manage your workload. So they'll know, okay, if that person has said no, we know that then they're absolutely fine. We'll need to find an alternative solution. I think that's that's the important. It's, it's, it's communicating with your project team members, your managers, letting them know what you think you can achieve in a day. And if that isn't enough for what they're hoping for, then they need to find a different solution. They shouldn't be saying to you, oh, can you, can you please do this as well? That's not how it should work. Yeah. I think it's really important as well for employees to be aware of the company expectations for these sort of this, this topic. Now, this is absolutely vital that a company ensures that the staff are not working long hours because eventually the staff will become unhappy if, 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 if this is a consistent approach. In a CRO, it can be very easy to say yes to everything. Oh, they got all these different pharmaceutical companies asking, oh, can you do this work for us? Can you do this work for us? It, 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 it might be a good thing, but if you take on too much work, you haven't got enough resource, and your staff end up working long hours, and then they then they leave to another company because they don't like working long hours. It all it is really really important, 
And I, I think it's it'd be so much better if a CRO said, "We're really sorry. We'd be more than happy to help you, but we just can't take this on right now without potentially compromising the quality of the work that we produce." And then that just keeps everybody happy. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it means it means you're going to produce quality work. Your staff are going to be happy because they're not they're, they're they're not working long hours. And and yeah, I think it is so so important. And yeah, I, I, I think that it all it all comes from the company. It's, it's very easy to give these tips. You know, we've we've talked about many tips of what an individual can do, but if the company has a culture where working long hours is kind of the expectation, then you're a bit stuck. Yeah. And and then and then well, if I was in that situation, I'd be looking for a different opportunity as soon as possible, just because I feel so passionately about this topic and ensuring I'm keeping in mind my work-life balance. I completely agree. I've I've never worked in a CRO. I only know it from the other perspective. And I rather have a CRO coming back to me and saying, no, that's not possible. And have a good communication discussion about what's possible, how we could reprioritize, how we could shift things, rather than, yeah, we'll do it. And then, you know, mm -hmm. close to the timeline, say, well, no, we can't deliver. That's, you know... <laughs> that's really it's, bad it's the worst night yeah. it's the worst night yeah, it's the worst night like it's, it's so in because in the end of the day you know, you, you want to say yes we can help you with your project but especially if it's a new customer that we haven't worked with before if it's the first project you've done with them you need to make sure that you have everything in place to be able to deliver a quality piece of work for that customer because if you do they're going to give you more work yeah and then, it, and then and then they'll give you more work and then they, they may become a preferred partner so when you go to those meetings, you know, if you like, bid defense meeting, you see the RFP, ask yourself that question, do we have the resource to take this on? It's very easy for a company to just say yes. Oh, wonderful. That's increased our, our revenue backlog for the next few years. But if you're not going to deliver a quality project, then what's the point? Because they're not going to work with you again. Yeah. And the same within within the companies. Yeah. If you work between different departments, you also want to manage expectations and you want to mm -hmm. over deliver and under promise. And, and that way you'll get a very, very good reputation. Yeah. And that no, will help you with your year and performance review, not working mm -hmm. long hours. <laughs> Absolutely. Completely agree. Okay, Ian, it was great talking to you with this topic of long hours. I think we busted some news about that. We talked about the mindset part of managing your time and how you can be more effective when you are at work and how you can get outside of work and send their relax so that you're productive the next day how to mm. say no what are strategies there and ultimately it's all about managing expectations so thanks so much ian for for this nice interview and um yeah we'll see us at the at the careers event excellent thank you alexander thank you for having me on This show was created in association with PSI. Thanks to Rain, who helps with the show in the background, and thank you for listening. Head over to theeffectivestatistician.com to find the show notes and lots of lots of more content around the podcast. And please tell your colleagues about this podcast. Also, join the LinkedIn group if you haven't done yet. 
and share your experiences there. So, reach your potential, lead great science, serve patients. Just be effective.